what drive me is uh living every word. Okay. And being that same way and just like just being this person, being that rock star. And it's hard because it just be like, damn, I don't wanna stop it and the fans stop loving me. It's like mm-hmm. it's like me taking a chance on like when I was I didn't wanna tell nobody I stopped drinking lean. I didn't want to tip because I felt like then they're going to be like, oh, his music changed because he ain't drinking lean no more. Oh, I can hear it when he changing. It's just like, and people are like, damn, why you don't even say it? It's like, but it just be hard when your fans so used to you certain kind of, a certain kind of way of that certain persona, mm-hmm. you be afraid to change. What's up, geniuses? Welcome back to For The Record, and I'm your host, Rob Markman. Now, today's guest is super special, all right? In music, every couple of years, there comes an artist where you can mark that defines an era, all right? So you can remember music before Future and after Future. On Friday, his new album is coming out, Future Hendrick Present The Wizard, Super yeah, Future. Good. Welcome to For The Record, man. Appreciate y'all having me. Nah, man, thank you for coming, man. It's been a long time coming. I remember covering you, you know, with the Dirty Sprite era. I remember doing a mixtape daily my MTV New Days on True Story. Right. And feeling like, I remember writing this article, the headline was Future is the Future of Hip Hop. Because at the time, this is maybe around 2011, there was a shift, there was a sonic shift that was happening. The sound of music was changing. Um, Looking back on that time, were you aware of the shift that was happening? Do you even acknowledge how much you might have changed music now? I didn't even, I wasn't aware. Definitely wasn't aware of it just being me, just doing me, making music, and just trying to bring something new. Right. Nah, man, So, and, and that's why it's so dope to have you here, because because when you really talk about artists, there's certain artists that are just kind of icons that shift the culture. So, you know, we're really, really happy to have you here. Now, you got this new album coming, Future Hendrix Presents The Wizard. Yes. Um, first of all, I want to ask you about the title now, just Future Hendrick Presents. What, what was the creative thinking behind that? It was because of the wizard. It was just me putting everything to the end, you know what I'm saying? For us, like, me having a new chapter, me ready to go to the new chapter in my life and everything. And my uncle he used to always call me the wizard, rest in peace. But that was his thing, he called me the wizard. And it was just showing love to him. Also, just, like, dedicating this album to him and the name that he respected. And I feel like that I've... That I've worked for and I've worked to to become um, everything that he's seen before it even happened. It was just like Future Hendrix, because I am, that's what I am right now. I feel like Future Hendrix, that's the artist that I became. And from the beginning, it was like I always embraced Hendrix, but now it's more so it's just like that's my name, Future Hendrix, and putting everything behind me and moving on, going to the new chapter. The Wizard. Um, what is there a sign? Because you adopt these different monikers, you know, Future, obviously, the, the the name that you became famous off of. Hendrix was this thing that developed through the years, and it was a sound right. that developed, too. Um, and a lot of, with your names, there's a lot of sounds that's developed with certain aliases that you have. Is there a certain sound, you know, associated with the wizard, or, or, or is it not that deep? No, it's not even that deep, but also it's just me bridging the gap between when I first came out and to where I'm at right now, just being... Um, super repetitive to, to being just melodic, more melodic and make, just making real records with substance. You know what I'm saying? Um, just bridging the gap. It's funny because I hear, I hear the record, I'm um, jumping on the jet. Yeah. And, and it reminds me of old Future, oh, you know, on the grind mixtape come up, um, Future. You know what I'm saying? Like kind of gave me like, 
a similar vibe. You know, maybe not magic, but you know what I'm saying? Something right. like that. Like That's I had what that I wanted to do with The Wizard. I wanted to be able to take you on like a roller coaster ride, but just take you on a journey with me just from the beginning to where I'm at right now. Okay. What well, what else can we expect from this this album, man? Um I know you said you you only have like one it's not many features on there. It might be like one feature or something like that. Right. But uh with this album just like I say it just taking you on that journey with me just knowing from the beginning of my career if you was following me from the beginning to now you'll be able to see the growth, you'll be able to hear the growth, you'll be able to distinguish the sounds and you know, oh man, this that uh true story future or right. this that dirty sprite future or this the future, this the future Hendrix, this the Hendrix album, you know what I'm saying? Me bridging the gap and bringing everything into one. I, you know, I, I remember, maybe it's because, you know, I had interviewed you and first got really introduced to you as a professional. Obviously, I heard Dirty Sprite and well, when True Story came out. Irv Gotti has this quote that I love that he says it's called the do it again business. So if you did something hot, do it again. And at that time, you had um, Dirty Sprite. It was like, all right, can you do it again? And that you, when you started, I was like, nah, this is too right, ridiculous. Like, and you've done it again and again and again and again and again. We're going almost on, on 10 years now. Through that whole time, you know, I was watching this documentary on Apple, the Wizard documentary um, on Apple Music. And, you know, they, they've been following you for years, these cameras. Right. Um, what, what, was that tough for you that, to, to have you? I know you're also a very private person. You're a man of few words. You put a lot into your music rather than out in the world like that. Was it like intrusive to be documented like that all of these years? Definitely intrusive, man. I just had to open up and be comfortable and find a ways to be comfortable with the cameras around me that much and around my family. But it was just like a me um, me just compromising, even with my my my, uh, my team. My team wanted to see it. They, they felt like it would be a great thing for my fans to see, for me to open up and talk more. And I felt like it's doing what it's supposed to do at this point. Now, it is dope, man. It gives a rare glimpse into, you know, things like I enjoyed about it, like even watching you talk about, like, just how you made Mask Off. Because we, we love these songs. We're not here in the studio for them. And, and how you said um, that you recorded this record just sitting down in the chair. And since then, you just sit down in the chair and record records now? Yeah, I just sit down. I think it's a good thing for me to just create the way I created and I find different moments in my life that I feel like, okay, let me take this moment and, and just soak this moment up and just make the most of this. So me sitting down is just me making the most of a moment and not trying to just stray away from something and that worked for me. Mm -hmm. Like just because it worked, if it, if it worked for you, continue to do it. So it was just, sometimes when it worked, I always want to try another way to go and find another way to work. But I think I'm going to go back in the booth one day, but at the end of the day, it's just like it worked, and I don't want to just try to break something because I want to just try something new. Right. So, something else in the doc that was dope, and I wonder how you felt. Have you seen the doc yet? I, I, I know. Yeah, I've seen the doc. Okay, so you have watched it. Yeah. Um, seeing Andre 2000 in, in the documentary, knowing your, your, your history, knowing, um, you know, being related, being cousins with Rico Wade, and your connection to the Dungeon family. And obviously, Outkast was larger than life, best hip hop group of all time. You know what I'm saying? And Andre 3000 in that dot. I'm watching that, and we're all fans of Andre, but he's a fan of you. Like, he's like gushing and not afraid to show it. He's not too cool. Like, he, he had the quote Future makes the most negative, inspirational music ever. And then he talks about how he could hear how you could balance your pain. How does it feel to have Andre be such a fan of you and such a cheerleader and a champion for what you do? It's great because he's my favorite artist. 
ever. Like when I was a kid, that was my favorite artist. And to to hear to hear him speak of me the way he speak is uh it's a great thing. It made me never want to stop. It made me want to just continue to go and continue to be me and continue to just grow as a person and just as an artist, even so just just being an overall a great person at the end of the day. Do you recognize that things that he says, right? Like like says you make the most inspirational music. You know, to start the show, I I I've said and I believe this, I'll go on record now telling anybody, like music changed after future arrived. Like the sound of hip hop, the sound of music, the sound of what everybody did shifted to where you are. Um I asked you earlier at the beginning that you recognized this shift happened and you didn't, you were just doing you. Now that your career is established and you're here at this point, do you recognize how, how Future has changed music? Do you recognize the things that Andre 3000 says about you and all the critics yeah, say about you? I recognize it, but the type of person I am, it'll be like corny for me, I feel like, to be like, oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. But I want other people to recognize it. I want the people that that created and, and, and was inspired by me to tell me that, or for them to tell the world that. Okay. Um, your work ethic. Man, let's just talk about your work ethic nonstop. I mean, ever since you came out, mixtape after mixtape, album after album. You know, 2007, you did Future and you did Hendrix back to back. Um, you know, you did seven albums since 2012, since your debut mixtape. You got like joint projects with Juice World, Drake, Zaytoven, Young Thug. Um, you ever get tired, man? Like, like the, the, the output that you put is so tremendous. The, the, does it ever get to you? Is it, is it draining to be Future all the time? It is draining. It, it gets draining because I understand the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. At first, I fiend for the lifestyle. I love the lifestyle. And then get the lifestyle, be like, it get too much when you got to keep creating these moments and you want to move on from these moments. But this the moment, these moments that made the music, like having a lot of girls around, a partying and being up late and, you know what I'm saying, not being normal, being abnormal as possible, making sure you different, making sure you live in every line. And... It just get too much on you when you've just been doing it for so many years. You're like, man, I don't even want to do it no more. But then the people around you, they chasing the high, so they want you to continue to chase that same highlight. But you got to do that. You're not going to be real if you don't do it no more. If you don't have this, if you if you do this, you're going to be, you know what I'm saying? So it's just like me, like, damn, the people I'm sacrificing so much for just myself, my personal life, or even the way my image of people looking at me because everybody around me or be like, you need to make this shit and you need to live this shit. And me standing on my words of, man, I need to live every word that I'm talking about. And it just get much because I'll be like, I want to make new shit that I'm not living no more. And I want to just put an end to that. So the wizard was so much of, it's just basically me putting an end to that chapter and like moving on and like, man, accept me how I am now. So we're going to see, a, so is, is it safe to assume based on what you say after the wizard, we might see another shift, another direction, another sound, new lanes that future's going in. Yes. Okay. That's exciting, man. It's definitely exciting. So what drives you what, what drives you still? What gets you up in the morning? What gets you going? Because at the same time, it's like, while I can understand that you're tired, just the output, the, how you're out working, um, the music is still great. It's, it's not like, I don't want it to sound like you're just going through the motions, because you're not, because right. you're still being great. So w- what drives you? What, what, what are you chasing? What are you reaching for now? That's what I say. What, what drives me is... Uh... That's why I say to drive me is me from living every word okay. and being that same way and just like 
just being this person, being that rock star. Mm -hmm. So you got, it drives you, you know what I'm saying, to keep, continue to make the music and continue to be in the music, the, the fans, what they love you for. And it's hard because it just be like, damn, I don't want to stop it and the fans stop loving me. It's like, mm -hmm. it's like me taking a chance on like when I was, I didn't want to tell nobody I stopped drinking lean. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to tell, because I felt like, damn, they're going to be like, oh, his music changed because he ain't drinking lean no more. Oh, I can hear it when he changing. It's just like, and people are like, damn, why you don't even say it? It's like, but it just be hard when your fans so used to you certain kind of, a certain kind of way of that certain persona, mm -hmm. you be afraid to change. You be like, you're you're afraid if they not gonna even accept me no more. Right, I think they're gonna accept you, man. I seen one, one of the greatest things when we talk about culture. First of all, so I just fucked your girl in some Gucci flip flops. Is a true story. This yeah, really happened. True. <laughs> you were really in Gucci flip flops, busting it down. Um, do you trip out? I remember Halloween that year, people were dressed up as Gucci flip flops. But I probably <laughs> did it. So many other people that did it too. You know what I'm saying? It might have been a one, a girl that had Gucci flip flops on, and vice versa. So it's just like it's real moments for me and other people also, and people that want to live that moment when they heard it, they might want to do the same thing and did it, and it was just, just you know, to have truth to it. Another thing that Andre said in, in, in the documentary, I remember I remember growing up being an Outkast fan, that him texting you when you were in New York mm -hmm. and, 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 and talking about the respect. And, you know, there was a time when New York was the, the you know, the birthplace of hip hop. So everybody looked to New York and New York was a hard town to win over. Um, it is not that way anymore. You know, um, Atlanta, you know, we're being real. The sound, the hip hop sound, what hip hop comes, the cult, our culture sound comes out of your city. Um, and you being one of the front runners of that. Did you foresee that happening? Like now everybody is following what Atlanta is doing and looking, you know, if you could blow up in Atlanta, then you good everywhere else in the world. It really was just all the work put in before me, a combination of everything in one. You know, everybody, all the artists before me that put in work for Atlanta and just the combination of what I've done and the combination of other artists that came behind me is just to keep it going. Mm. It was dope, and it, and it, and it's still going. It's dope to see. I saw you did a interview where where you really saluted Lil Baby and Gunna, you know, for their sound and what they're doing, and 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 so it's dope because as much as you you've done, you don't like take it off for yourself. You you really kind of share and inspire and let other people get their shine too. Like even you doing the album with Juice World. Yeah, that's well, what having confidence do for you. Yeah. When you have self confidence, man. And you ain't trying to take away from anyone else, you know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? And you know what you do, you know what you add towards the game, you know who you are with yourself, you're comfortable in your own skin, it's good. Um, One thing about the documentary too that I want to touch on and I wonder, again, when we talk about your process, sitting, you know, how, you know, we talk about how you just freestyle and whatever's going on in that day will most likely end up in a song or, you know, sitting down after Mask Off because Mask Off was so successful. Um, the documentary touches on the death of, of, of your friend and your collaborator and your engineer, um, Seth Ferkins, um, who had such, you know, you collaborated with him. He was in the studio working right. with you. Since he's passed, does that change your process in the studio? Like, what 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 was the process like for you having to adjust to, to, to not having him there as you work on these new music? It haven't changed my process, um, but it definitely have just, it made me work harder, you know what I'm saying? It made me go go even harder when he passed away. Just looking over and not seeing him there to the right of me, because we always record when I'm on the left, he on the right. 
just looking over to the right and not seeing him, just the only thing that, that gets to me to this day. But besides that, man, I just keep recording and recording and recording the same process, the same way all the produ- all the engineers that was coming up around him, we had, like, interns in the studio that were watching Seth, so we pretty much do the same thing, keep the same templates, everything still say Seth, it's just he not there. Right. But he what, the, the he, he set part of that temple, so the guys who came up on Yeah, yeah, he set that foundation. That. And That's dope. So it was all good That's as the dope. recording process go. Spe- speaking of your process, is one question I had, man, because it became a big thing. Um, on J-Rock's King's Dead, with J-Rock, you know, featuring you and featuring Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. Man, you had a verse there that drove everybody crazy. People ain't know whether to love it or hate it, and they ended up loving it. I seen the whole Madison Square Garden when J-Rock performed. They dropped the mic, and everybody said, da-dee-da-dee-da. And it became this thing, like this cultural kind of phenomenon. When you go in the club, it's the part that everybody sings in the song. Did you know that was going to happen? Like when you're in the studio and you're like, this is it. You know, you kind of change your voice different. It was like, yo, why? Is that future? Why is he? And it just blew up. It's crazy you said it because when I did it, I did another verse. And then at the end, I did the Lottie Dottie part. But that was my favorite part. But I was like, man, I'm just bullshit. I'm just playing around. So I did the verse first. I did a verse for the song, and then I just did that at the end just in case they want to keep it like an outro or something. And then he kept it, like Kendrick kept it. I was just like, man, I ain't want that on my verse. He was like, man, that's the best part. I was like, damn, that's dope. And then when it came out, everybody took towards it like that. They like gravitated towards that part like that. I was like, damn, that's the part I didn't even want, I didn't even do in the verse. I just actually left it at the end of the, the, end of the song and he put it in the verse. So shout out to Kendrick for doing that. That's dope, man. I, I remember when it came out, I was definitely part of the, the group. I was like, yo, what is Future doing? No, what is this? And I didn't put it in the verse. But it's undeniable. It's un- when, I, when I seen it, when I seen them play the garden, and I seen that part, and they dropped the part, and the whole Madison Square Garden does it and tries to catch that same pitch <laughs> that you caught, I said it's undeniable, man. And, and, and it's just, you know, it's a testament to you and, and also giving credit to Kendrick for knowing that was the part of the song. I'm doing it with no effort, just raw talent, just coming out. And sometimes people critique what I have, and that's a great thing to have people around me that recognize it. So, like, before you really broke out as an artist and we became to know you as Future, there was YC Racks, and that was a big record. When we heard that, we started, it was kind of that sound shift that I was talking about, but your, your name wasn't on it just yet. It was YC's record. Did you write the entire record? Was that whole yeah, record yeah. yours? Yes. So from beginning to end. Yes. And it was really that moment that made you feel like you had to go harder for yourself. Because you, you've written for others since then. Yeah, of course. But seeing the success of that record, it, 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 did it open your eyes to the success that Future can have as an artist on Definitely. his own? When I, when I had that success of that record, I was like, man, it's on. That's all I needed was to get in the game some kind, somehow, some way. And when that opened up more, it opened up the doors for me to just have my voice. Mm. What um, what's your favorite future record of all time? I know everybody has they they different favorites. It's called for my people. Okay, for my people. Man, I might I might have to go with March Madness, man. It's something about yeah, March Madness too. Like March Madness, it's a bunch of them. Right. Man. I like New Bugatti because I made it in thirty seconds. Oh. I remember making that shit so quick, and right. for the impact it had, this shit is just like. 
Does it change the world? Was that the quickest song that you did, New Bugatti? Was that like record time for you? You said 30 seconds, bro. Oh, man. I reckon so many records quick. What's the longest? Let's go this way. What, what, what's the record? Do you ever get stuck on a record? Was there ever a record that you couldn't quite figure it out and it took you longer than the rest? Oh, man. What's the record that took long? It don't take, it didn't take long. If it's a hit, it come right away. Hmm. It come right away. If it's a hit, it got to come right away. Like, you said, for me. Right. That's where it, the way it works. You said 30 seconds, though. But like 30 seconds, that you it changed no, 30, a lot of lives in 30 seconds. 30, it's like whatever I said, the first thing I said was, I come looking for you. That was the first thing I said. So it wasn't 30 seconds. It was like when I walked in the booth and they turned the mic on. So it was like one second. Because whatever I said the first time, that was the first take. It wasn't right. like I did did it over and I tried yeah. to do another take. It was like, that's the first thing I said was new Bugatti. Like, the same way you hear it on the track mm. is the same way I said it. I didn't do no takes over or nothing. I'm about to quit my whole job and find something I could do in 30 seconds. That had to change my life in seven seconds. Oh, nah, man. But yo, man, I really, really appreciate you coming. Um, for for the record, man, I think it's dope to have an artist like you. I I think you put out a lot of music, but I, I think when you really analyze it, like in what you be saying in your music, like your fans really gravitate towards it. And I, I just kind of wanted to have a conversation with you and get to know your process and how your process have evolved. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so future man, thank you for coming to Genius. Thank you to coming for the record. Man, thank you for having me. I'm nah, Genius. Nah, man. Oh. You're welcome anytime. Anytime you drop something, anytime you want to come back, anytime you want to talk about lyrics, man, you definitely have a home here. Appreciate We're it. here for you, all right? Thank you. My man. Love. And thank you for tuning in. Check us out next week on For The Record. And definitely pick up that Future Hendrix Presents The Wizard album out on Friday. Peace.